All right, good evening. We're ready to get started. 8.40, 9.40 for some of you. Uh, we are learning tonight Maseches Shkolen, Daf, Dalid. Um, and uh, just to share the game plan for the next couple of days, I, I really did try very hard today uh, to do a blot and a half uh, to no avail. This is not... Yeah, this is not the day to, to carve out. I, I didn't work push it at all, just regular Pesach stuff. Um, and on top of that, it's a, it's a, a, a challenging blot. So we're going to be starting on the bottom of Gimel Amidbez at Halacha Dalet. And the game plan is going to be like this. Tonight, we're going to learn the proper daf for tonight, which is daf Dalet. Tomorrow's daf, daf Hey, we're going to learn on Shabbos. We'll be off by one daf for all of the, the Chag. Sorry. So Shabbos will be daf Hey, and Sunday will be daf Vav. And Monday will be Dav Zion. And then on um, Tuesday night, we'll do a blot and a half. And on Wednesday night, we'll do a blot and a half. And then we'll be even Dav. So my apologies for the lack of schedule, this whole Shkelem thing that's happening so close to Pesach. I have to learn uh, another language <laughs> of, uh, of Shkelem. So uh, please bear with me. Let's get started. Halacha Dalad Masnisen, eight, nine lines from the bottom of Gimel Amud Beis. Afal <laughs> Even though it's true that we don't uh, place a lien on people uh, in regards to their if they do give of their own volition, then that would be considered acceptable. What about a non-Jew or a Kusi? Uh, the, the Kusi people was a group of people who at one point in history decided to be Megayer to join Klal Yisrael. And there's a machlokas in the Rishonim about the integrity of uh, whether or not their conversion was a good one. We'll see the, the basic Mari Mekomos today. And here, very clearly, Hanachri Vehakusi, they're uh, coupled together, the non-Jew and the Kusi, Shashaku, if they gave Machzis HaShekel, Ein Mekablin Mehen, that one would, um, we, we would not accept it. We, we don't want the money of a non-Jew to go toward the Mikdash. There are those in the Rishonim who write that there's a concern that they then feel like they have a say, like it's their religion at that point. So we're, we're afraid of that and we have to draw the line. We have a number of areas of halacha where we say that Mishum Chasnos about Bishalakum, uh, a couple of other areas where we want to make sure that we keep the lines separated. In fact, the Raman Shulchan Aruch deals with whether or not it's appropriate for uh, a non uh, a nachri, for a person who is a non-Jew to support a shul's building uh, for the same exact reasons. So we're mekel halacha. Uh, we're not mekel because of being uh, money hungry. It's just ladina. It's, it's just not a problem because everyone really understands where they are. So the Mishnah continues four or five lines from the bottom. We also do not accept from them. At this point, seemingly hanachri v'akusi, seemingly both of them. We do not accept from them kine zavim. Uh, birds for uh, a person who was a zav, vikine zavos for a man, for a woman who was a zava, vikine yoldos, the birds that a woman would bring as a korban after having a child, vechatos vashamos. So it seems that a nachri and a kusi would not be able to bring all of these things. And the Rishonim already, our father, will see in the Gemara more, uh, there is no zav and zava by a nachri. Zav and zava, you have to first be a barhach, you have to be a baltuma in order to become a baltahor. They're not shaykh by zav and zava, and there's no din of yoledas by them either. So uh, we'll have to see what that means in the Gemara. Zeha this is the general rule in regards to accepting gifts from the Nachri and from the Kusi, at least again, at this point, we assume it's both. Kol shenideir v'nideiv, anything that they are giving on their own, that they're choosing, they're making a vow, or they're giving a gift, mekablin miyadan, that we do accept. Kol she'eno nideir v'nideiv, if they're not volunteering it and they're doing it for halachic reasons, like like Machzit Tashekel, for example, Ein Mekablin Miyadon Vechein Mufurish Ayde Ezra. When Ezra was on uh, was on the the route back to rebuilding the second base of Mikdash, 
Shene'emar, uh, what did he say there? Lo lachem, you should not be the ones who build you. The, the Nachri should not be the ones who rebuild it. We're the ones who should be rebuilding. And that brings us to the top of Dalad Amaral, if the Mishnah continues there. And here we're going to be introduced to a new idea, one that we will spend a lot of time on today. And that is a principle called the Kalbon. The Kalbon was a, uh, a percentage add to the Machzitsa Shekel. And the reason why, it was Machlok is why we have this, uh, there's some what we're concerned about the, um, the fact that it's not a perfectly pure uh, silver, and we have to make sure that the machzitz shekel is pure. Some say it's for more halachic reasons that relate to dindarabanan and not out of a not of a, out of a concern of financial um, financial integrity, but more of a halachic reason, which we'll get to in the Gemara. But the point is that it was a small percentage added to the machzitz shekel to make sure that one was yotze. So says the, the Mishnah on the top of Dalit, Amadalev, on the top line, first words, there are not everyone was chayav to pay the extra little bit, the extra kalbon. Those are the ones who are obligated to pay. However, kohanim nashavadim tan were exempt. If I'm giving on behalf of another person, not that they asked me to give for them and it was halva. But I'm giving, I say, I'm giving on behalf of my children. So for those people who I'm giving, I do not have the requirement of the kalbon to add in that little bit of an extra. Because technically, all of those people were not obligated to start with. Yeah. The reason for the p'tur is because these people were not obligated to start with. But let's say that I was bringing for you, uh, you were bringing for me, and it, you're not a kohen, and we're regular uh, run-of-the-mill Jews. So then, in theory, we would be obligated for a kalbon. But that has more of a din of a shutfus, which we're going to get to at the end of the Mishnah, which we'll speak about a little bit more. Fourth line, dalet amud aleph. Let's say that I bring for you, um, so I'm bringing two. So then chai the kalbon echad, because there I don't have to change the coin into two. I have one shekel. I don't have to break it into machsis a shekel. That's the assumption of the Gemara. And then we're only chayiv in one kalbon for the two of us. Rabbi Meir Omer Bez kalbonos. He says, no, if I'm bringing for you and I'm just bringing one whole shekel, you still have to bring two kalbonos. We'll see in the Gemara what this is talking about. This next line in the Gemara seems to be a new halacha. shekel. A person who gives a sela, a sela is actually, the, the language here is quite confusing. And the uh, Korban Ha'ida does, uh, uh, does a good job of explaining it here. If you look at the fifth line of, the Korban Ha'ida, so it's to our left and up about an inch and a half. It says, The Sela is considered to be one full Shekel. Now back in the Gemara, which is a Shekel Shalim, the Notel Shekel, which is meant to be a Machzisa Shekel. The language here is very confusing. The word Sela means a, bit, a full Shekel, and the word Shekel means a half a Shekel. So you got, it would be much more... Uh, it's more of like the, the colloquialisms of the day. If we lived in that time, we wouldn't have had any trouble understanding this, but we're kind of using today's parlance and it doesn't fit. So a sela is a full shekel. And in this context, a shekel is half a shekel. So let's say that uh, if I give the money changer, I give the shulchan, I give him a full sela, I give him a full shekel. And I take back in turn, I take back the half shekels. Um, that's what the, what the Mishnah says. And the Mishnah is going to debate who the author is of the Gemara is going to debate who the author is of this line. In all of those cases, you would be considered, uh, you would not have to bring the kolbon. And the, some of the Rishonim point out that all of these people are aniim. It's an ani, and it's a shachin who's an ani, and it's a ben iro who's an ani. In those cases, we would not have obligated midarabonon. The rabbis did not obligate a person who's an ani to, uh, to bring the kolbon. So if you're bringing it on their behalf, not that it's a loan, but you're saying, I'm just going to take care of you. I got it. So then under those circumstances, you're not obligated to add the kolbon. However, the imhilvan, 
What if it's a loan? What if I'm laying out money for you and you're going to pay me back? That's different. That's different. That's not me just saying, don't worry, I got you. And I'm going to pay for you. You don't have to pay me back. That's very different. Here it's mamash alone. So I'm going to spend a machzitz shekel and you're going to have to pay me back a machzitz shekel. So then under those circumstances, then I would have to, to uh, pay the kolbon as well. And we'll see shortly how much it is. It's not that much. It was a, basically a small percentage tax. And now let's learn the last couple of parts of the Mishnah. Ha'achin, brothers. Ha'achin ashutfin. If there are brothers who are uh, legal partners in that they uh, got a Yerusha from their father and they, when they were liquidating the assets, they actually built a business, they, they became partners in it. So then in such a case, because the, now they own the property. It's not, it's not in the bias. It's not in the house of the, uh, of the father anymore, the father who passed away. Now they've taken ownership of their chayv and the kalbon. However, turn me meiser behema, and we'll learn tomorrow why they're putter for meiser behema, not, not tomorrow, but Shabbos, but they're turn me meiser behema. And when one is chayv in Meiser Behema, then under those circumstances, you'd be pater from the Kalbon. In other words, there's an inverse relationship between the chiyuv of, of, of the Kalbon and the p'tur of Meiser Behema. Whenever it is one way, it is not the other. So if you're going to be chayv in the Kalbon, you're going to be pater from the Meiser. And if you're going to be chayv in the Meiser, you're going to be pater from the Kalbon. Again, on Shabbos, we'll learn why that's the case. And the last, very last part of this Mishnah is Vekamahu Kalbon, this percentage that we have to give in order to make sure that we've paid the right amount of Machsis HaShekel. So under those circumstances, how much is that? Says the Gemara, Ma'a Kesef, Divrei Reb Meir. Reb Meir says it's a Ma'a Kesef. If you look through the Rishonim, you'll see that this is a one-twelfth of a Shekel cost, not very much. Uh, let's call it an 8% tax. Uh, so just to make sure that, again, for a variety of reasons, that we have to make sure we're giving the right amount. However, it's not 112th, it's half of a month, which is 124th. It's, it's nothing, it's, it's 4%. So it's a very small, uh, whatever, it's very small amount. And that brings us to the Gemara. The Gemara opens up 10 lines down on Dalar Madalaf, and it asks a question, one that we spoke about yesterday. And that is that the beginning of our, of our Mishnah today on the bottom of Gimel Amidbeis spoke about the following. It said, There we said that uh, even though it's true that we do not press Nashim Avadim and Ptanim, they are able to give on their own. So the Gemara makes a diuk from here and says as follows, If they're able to give on their own, that's great, but we don't even ask them to give. We don't even do the baseline. We, if they want to give, they can. They're mamish Pater. There's no problem. You don't have to give. If they want to give on their own, great, but we don't even ask them to give. So that's a problem because hacha at amar tovin, hacha over here. See, in Bavli, we would have said hacha and hasa, right? We would have had a distinction in language. Here, we don't have that one. We're asking from Tumar Mikomos. In yesterday's Mishnah, the Mishnah on Dav Gimel, in the beginning there, we, uh, we spoke about the idea that uh, a person has to, uh, we do ask the, the person who is hevi uh, shtesaros, someone who has grown two pubic hairs, and we do ask him. So in one case, we said, but in our Mishnah, it says, it says that you're, you're, not even, you're not even obligated to ask them in the first place. So answers the Gemara, what about the stira between today's Mishnah and yesterday's Mishnah? Today's Mishnah seems to imply we don't ask at all. Yesterday's Mishnah implied that we do ask, but we don't pressure. And the Gemara answers, 12 lines down, Khan. Well, the, the Mishnah itself doesn't speak in detail about what type of person we're talking about. And the distinction would be where the child uh, has, has grown two hairs. There we would say we're tovea. We do ask him. But where he has not, where he has not grown two hairs, then we do not ask at all 
whatsoever. If he wants to give, he can. At the two dots, a quarter of the way down, dollar and we have to get into this sugya. This is very, a very, very difficult sugya because when the phrase kusi is used throughout shots, we have to make sure we know what type of kusi we're referring to. Is it a ger or is it a goy? And it's important to big nachkaminas. Just take machzis hashekel, for example. Machzis hashekel, if he's a yid, he's obligated machzis hashekel. If he's a goy, he's not allowed to give machzis hashekel. So we have to get into the sugya here about what's going on in our Mishnah. So the Gemara actually has an implied question. It doesn't even ask it, but it, it, you will see because we're answering Amar Rebbe Ba. Which is really Abba Amar Tipa It's very clear that our Mishnah needs to be explained according to the opinion that a Kusi has the din of a Nachri, the Ispalgin, because there really is a machlokas, right? The, the, the word peleg means half in Aramaic, like we say plaga mincha. So Ispalgin means that there's a machlokas, half. We're both on one on each side. So what's the machlokas? Kusi Kenachri Dibi Rebbe. Rebbe was of the opinion, and our Mishnah seems to be in line with this, that a Nachri and a kusi of the same exact din. Rashbag Omer, kusi ki Yisrael l'chol davar. It's a big machlokas. It's a big machlokas. And that's very clear then that Rav Shimon ben Gamliel is not the author of our Mishnah because our Mishnah very clearly puts together Nachri and kusi. It says the Gemara, Amar Reb, Reb Lazer. It's really Rabbi, Eli, Rabbi Elazar, uh, missing the Aleph here as well. Just like Rabbi Ba was missing the Aleph, not uncommon. Um, and not uncommon, not because I've seen a lot of Yerushalmi, but not uncommon based on the rules of Yerushalmi that I've seen of recent to drop an Aleph in the beginning of a name. So Amar Rabbi, Rabbi Lazar, Masnisin bin Nachrim, Abakusim Lo. No, he disagrees. He says, really, I'm a Rabbi Shem and guy. I really hold that Akusi is a Yisrael Lechol Davar. And our Mishnah is only talking about a Nachri. This says the Gemara, but wait a minute. Uh, hold on a second before the question. The Tani came. We also have a Brisa like this. The Brisa writes, Adam. Adam Kiyakri, that's what the Pasuk is talking about. Adam, the Rabbo says, Hagerim. We include Gerim and the Kusim or Gerim. Mikem, Lahotzias, Hamumar. That we do exclude someone who is a Mumar. If someone is Mamash a Mumar, so they're, we, these Shilas come up a lot. This, uh, there's always this country. I have this happening right now. Uh, somebody uh, wants me to do a bris for their son, but they're afraid that we're having a Pesach Seder with family. She's afraid that I might, uh, God forbid, give them COVID. I sound fully vaccinated. The adults I'm going to be with are all vaccinated, like we're being safe about it. So now she may end up having a mumar do the bris because, uh, I mean, I don't know who doesn't have Pesach Stater. It could be, I don't know. So they may, they, they may choose to not use me. It's a big problem. But to have a bris done by a mumar is a zero. And I'll probably shouldn't have a that's a bit of that, that's an iser, a bit of say of the Korban Pesach on the other side. It's an iser karis or an iser karis. A mumar is a person who uh, who is heretical. He rejects a portion of the Torah. I don't believe in the parsha of tzitzis. I don't believe in the parsha of shatnas. I don't believe in the first of the etzer sedibros. It's someone who's categorical. They're mamasha. It's the real deal. It's bishita. They're lahaches. A mumar lahaches is how it's referred to in the postkim. I still call them renegades. Yeah, I saw that a little. The renegade was a nice language. So, anyways, that's what this drasha indicates. But the drasha indicates, like Rabbi, right, like Rabbi Elazar says, Rabbi Elazar was of the opinion, like Rav Shimon ben Gamliel, that Akusi is as a Yisrael full davar. So then the Gemara says, uh, as we would expect, a third of the way down, must nisan pligial Rabbi Elazar. But our Mishnah clearly doesn't agree with, agree with Rabbi Elazar. Rabbi Elazar was of the opinion that our Mishnah is only talking about a nachri and not about a kusi. Our Mishnah says nachri ve'akusi that they're 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 coupled together, so that doesn't work. So then the and the Gemara says, but wait one second because ein mekablin miyada. And our Mishnah also writes that we don't accept from them kine zavin v'zavos kine yoldos v'chiyesh kine zavin v'zavos benachrim. 
if what you're saying is that our Mishnah is talking about a Nahri, well, then we have an inherent contradiction in our Mishnah. If our Mishnah is only talking about a Nahri, well, how do we even have a Shaila about whether or not we're Mikabel, the birds for the Zav and the Zav and for the Yoledas? There is no din of Korban for Zav, Zav and Yoledas by a Nahri. So then the Gemara says, Ella, what must it be? It must be that Reisha B'Nachrim, the Seif of Akusim, is what you're telling me that the beginning of the Gemara, the Mishnah, on the bottom of Daf Gimel Amad Amad Beis, is talking about, just by Machthis HaShakel, is speaking about Anachri. And this next part of the Mishnah where it details, are you allowed to accept the kine, uh, the birds of this uh, Zav and the Zav and the Yoledas, that's talking about Akusim, says the Gemara, how can that be? With no distinction in the Mishnah whatsoever. Of course, anyone who's been through any part of Shas knows that that happens all the time. <laughs> that we see ratio of X and safe of a Y, and that's exactly what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, Kenu, that's exactly right. Resha benachrim, the Seifa kusim. And therefore, our Mishnah could even be like Rabbi Elazar. That is not a contradiction in terms. However, there still remains a machlokas between Rabbi and Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel fundamentally about whether a Kuzi is considered like a Nachri or not, and that does play into our Mishnah. But Rabbi Elazar could still fit within our Mishnah. Halfway down. Amar of Yochanan, we're going to learn a machlokas between Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish about a nachri, and then we're going to see whether or not it fits into our Mishnah. So here's the machlokas Rav Yochanan and Rav Shimon ben Lakish. Amar of Yochanan, again, halfway down, Dalim and Aleph. B'tchila, when the Mikdash is first being built, Ein Mekablin Mehen, we are not allowed to receive gifts from them, from, from a nachri. Lo davar mesuyam, velo davar she'enu mesuyam. Nothing that's earmarked and nothing that's not earmarked. And you can't, they can, no checks, no blank checks, no cash, nothing. They are not allowed to be involved in the beginning of the building of the mikdash. So once the mikdash is already built, and now it's just a question of maintenance and, uh, you know, keeping, uh, making sure we meet the bottom line. So then, we do allow someone to give un, uh, un, un-earmarked dollars. They can just give a regular general donation. That's a shita of Rabbi Yochanan that uh, we don't allow any gifts at all, no matter what, when the base of Mikdash is being built. But afterwards, as long as the gift was general and not specific, then Rabbi Yochanan does allow for it. Roshim ben Laki Shamar, nope, I disagree with you. I'm a, I have a more of a strict line. He says, Sorry, you're not allowed to participate at all. No Nachri is allowed to be involved with the building of the Mikdash and not with the building of it and not with the continuity of it. We don't allow it at all. So that's the Machlokes between Rabbi Yochanan and Rav Shimon ben Lakish. Again, Rav Yochanan uh, takes a little bit of a lenient path, which is that once the Mikdash is built, the non-Jew is allowed to give a, um, a, a general donation. But once, the, but according to Rav Shimon ben Lakish, he's not allowed to give any type of donation at any point. Sorry, Michael, what did you say? Like an Ola. Like an Ola, but that's... Well, we're going to see the Ola is going to come up in today's daf. Of course, you knew that, but uh, that's okay. Says the Gemara, two thirds of the way down, Masnisen, our Mishnah, our Mishnah doesn't work with Rav Yochanan because it says the word Ain here twice in the Gemara. One of them is removed by the Mephorshim. As I'm sure you know, that Shkalim is replete with uh, complexities in the text and the Girsa. We're not going to learn every one, uh, no time, that's for sure, but the ones that are very relevant, we will. So says the Gemara, why doesn't this work? Why doesn't our mission work according to Rabbi Yochanan? Because in Mekablin Mehen Hektish Unadava the We don't we don't accept anything for the Bedekabais. We don't accept the, the money from them. So it says the Gemara, that's not always true. Patarla, how would we explain our Mishnah? When our Mishnah, our Mishnah must be talking about a case where he was trying to give a specific earmarked gift, and that, that of course is not allowed according to Rav Yochanan. 
skipping the parentheses, going down one line, 12 lines or so from the bottom. That also works in our Mishnah that Rav Shem Ben Lakish fits. But then the Gemara asks a question on Rav Shem Ben Lakish. It seems like it fits, but maybe must Nisan Pligi out of Rav Shem Ben Lakish as well. Detani, because we have a Brisa elsewhere that reads, HaKol Shavin, in regards to, to Anachri, we, uh, we're, all, all is fine. We can accept their gifts. Shehein Nodrin Vinidarin. Gifts that they make vows on and gifts about which vows were made on a goy. We'll have to see what that means in a minute because that's not clear from here. Says the Gemara, Patarla, Ola, like Michael said, that here it's okay. We said in our Mishnah that he's not allowed to give the Khatas and the Asham, but they can be involved with an Ola, seemingly. That's what the Gemara says. So then the Gemara questions even this answer. Nicha, Nodrin, Ola. I understand a case where he makes a nether. What was the other case? Nidarin, Ola. What was the case of Nidarin, where a nether was made about him? So here is where we have. Uh, two versions of the Gemara. I'll, I'll read version number one as I have it in my Gemara, and then it'll be flipped in the uh, in the Hagosagra. So it says the Gemara, Ella, what is it? Really, it's Kesha Omar Yisrael, Hare Alai Ola. Uh, Yisrael said out loud that he was Makabal on himself to bring a Korban Ola, and there was a Nachri with an earshot. Whatever he said, I want. I'm going to do the same thing. So the Yid said he wants to bring an Ola, the guy says the same. The gra reverses it. The gra says, just looking back up one line, Ella kisha amar nachri hare alai ola v'shama yisrael v'amar masha amar zelai. Okay, whatever. These are just it's a, it's a nuance and understanding in what the case of nidarin is. But the point is that the Gemara does give an answer to the question against Rosh Hashem ben Lakish that we are talking about a case where patar la ola. We're talking about bringing a korban ola. Says the Gemara, but this doesn't make sense. He's not going to bring a libation. The, the, when a guy does bring the oil, he's not going to bring wine. Wine is a standard part of the process. And when there is any extra wine, it's not going to be included. It's not going to be put in the klisharis. Of course, it's going to be included. Says the Gemara, so now what do we see? He brought something that's earmarked. He brought wine and it's being used as wine in the Mikdash as a libation during a Korban, as, a, as, a, as the Nisuch. So I don't understand. How can you say what you said? Reish Lakish, Rav Shem Ben Lakish, how can you say that? Answers the Gemara, five lines from the bottom. Kisi Rav Yossi Bar Rabbi Bon. Rav Yossi Bar Rabbi Bon answered this question by bringing another case and comparing. We have another Mishnah that writes that by a guy he's allowed to give the erach of a person another iteration of the same idea and says the Gemara where do you think the money's going when he gives an erach he says so then you have to give that the guy has to give that amount of money where do you think it goes to it goes to so says the Gemara what would you say over there? And answers the Gemara, the reason why it's mutter in the case of Erechen is because the Shamayim Humiskaven, two lines from the bottom, the Shamayim Humiskaven, he doesn't know what he's giving to. He doesn't know that it's earmarked. He doesn't know that it's going to the Berak He has no clue. He wants to give to Akadosh Baruch There are organizations like this that recruit, uh, they, they, they fundraise from, from those of other traditions to support the state of Israel. Fine. So that's uh, as long as it's l'shamayim, that's great. It just happened to be that the money ended up in the coffers to support the bedek But the nachri didn't know where the money was going to go. So it's not really mesuyam. It ends up appearing to be mesuyam. So it says the Gemara, that's how we would have answered by the ne'erachin ve'orachin. Uh, last line, kain at amar avhacha. We would say here as well, in our case, uh, in our Mishnah, the case of the, the, the nodrin and the nidarin, so it says the Gemara, what we have said, turning to the top of Dalam, 
and therefore it is not a problem. The words on the top of this line are very complicated and uh, some of them seemingly need to be removed. And it's the words of Ma Ovad La should be removed. And it says, Rav Shem Ben Lakish, Patar La, what is the explanation of Rav Shem Ben Lakish's shita? Namely, where does he get his uh, idea from that he should have such a hard line that one is not allowed at all to accept any gifts for a goy either prior to the, the completion of the building of the base of Mekdash or after, and whether it's Mesuyam or Enu Mesuyam, whether or not it's earmarked, says the Gemara, Patar Allah, how would he explain it based on the Pasuk, the Pasuk that we saw from Ezra, the Pasuk that we saw in our Mishnah, Lo Lachem, Bilanu, leave no space that it's on us to do it. Good. He asks a question. This is the second time we've had this language so far in Shkalim, and Shal doesn't mean he had a question that he didn't know the answer to. He had a Shita and he was testing the room. He wanted to see how people would respond. Says the Gemara Me'ato, what does it seem from here? It seems from here, from Rav Shimon ben Lakish's very strong line that we cannot accept any money from a Nachri by the base of Mikdash, then maybe Ein Mekablan Mehen also applies La'ama Samayim. It even applies for the aqueduct for the water that would run through the Mikdash that they would use to rinse their hands, they would use to let the, you know, whatever whatever the water was used for in the Mikdash, or the Chomos Ha'ir Migdolosef, for the walls of the city and for the towers of the city. You should have no part at all. That's what it seems to be. That would be a tzushta. Rav Chizkiyot said in the name of Rav Simon. That was a question he was asking. And we have to skip a few lines here. Uh, what? I'm sorry, Mark. I know. The parentheses are five lines long, approximately four and a half lines. And then the Gemara continues about eight... Uh, <laughs> About eight or nine lines down, a quarter of the way down on Dalad Amid Bey is Masnisa de Rav Meir. Our Mishnah must be like Rav Meir, but what does Rav Meir say? To Amar Rav Meir, Kishem Shashakla Torah, Kach Kalbano Torah. So this is, uh, we're changing gears now. What are we talking about? We're moving over to the, to the story of the Kalbon. Remember what we pointed out that the Kalbon was a, a, either 112th or 124th addition to the Machsis HaShekel. And uh, this is a very unique shita because it seems from Rav Meir, he says, Kishem Sheshaklo Torah, just like the Machsis Shekel is a din to Oraisa, Kach Kalbano Torah. Seems to be that the percentage extra is also a fundamental requirement from the Torah. Kasava Rav Meir, Shekalo Shalem When someone gives a full shekel, he's obligated to pay the Kalbon. There was this uh, coin that was in fire. He took this coin from under his chair and he showed it to Moshe, this perfect machzitz shekel. You know, it's like they have these places, I don't remember where exactly where it is, where they have the kilogram, it's a piece of metal. It is exactly to many, many, many decimal points, exactly 2.2 pounds, whatever the weight is. And they keep it in this uh, lock, under lock and key to make sure the world will always have the perfect paradigm of what a, of what a kilogram is. So obviously, Kaviyachal. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave uh, this matbeah shel eish. He showed Moshe Rabbeinu exactly what it looked like. This is what you should be giving for the Mount Shekel. And he showed Moshe. But what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has is pure. What we have is impure. We will look at metals and say they're 99% pure, 98% pure. We have, we, it has impurities and we're not allowed to give less than what we're obligated to give. And therefore, he held me to write. Someone's obligated uh, obligated to, to give more. So, exactly this way. And therefore, Rav Meir was of the opinion that you had to give a little bit more. Then the Mishnah quoted this line and we didn't know who the author was. If a person were to give what was the case back in the Mishnah, the case in the Mishnah was a no saint selav and no tell shekel. If I give in money and then I am taking back chazi shekels from the money changer, then we, we said you have to give two, two kolbonos. You had to give two of those um, 
of those small extra payments. So now the Gemara is going to analyze that. We're at the two dots, third of the way down, who is the author of that? The Gemara doesn't say who the author is, but that again, it's an implied question. Obviously, this makes perfect sense that it fits with Reb Meir, because if you look in our Mishnah, there were two sheets that's quoted. Skip the parentheses. In our Mishnah, we saw there was a machlokas where the Tanakama held that you're only obligated to bring one kolbon, one little uh, extra percentage. According to Rav Meir, you are obligated to give two. So it seems pretty obvious that this second line of the Mishnah, which follows Rav Meir's sheet, is also Rav Meir. But then says the Gemara, that's not necessarily true. Umar Rav, Umar Rav, or some, it says on the side here, Rav Omar, uh, which is much more typical to what we're used to in the Bavli language and the Bavli dialect. But here he says, everyone would agree to this line. This is not just Rav Meir. To Amar Rav Meir, Echad Shekel, our Mishnah says too, but really, Rav Meir was of the opinion that you had to bring three of these uh, kolbons, you had to give of uh, the kolbons, you had to give three of these small percentages. One of them was when you handed in the coin in case the coin had depreciated. Um, one of them was when you received back the machtisa shekel, maybe the machtisa shekel had depreciated. And the other was because we had to, it was a din Torah according to Rav Meir. And that's what the Gemara says here. Um, and it says, "Al divrei Rav, al daite de Rav gimel kalbonosinu." That really, Rav Meir, Rav understands that Rav Meir held that there were three kalbonos as described above, and it wasn't just that. Rav also taught this to his talmidim because Ata Rav Yirmiya, Rav Shmuel bar Rav Yitzchak b'shem Rav, who was explaining Rav Meir shlocha kalbonosinun echad shekel shehu nosein vechad shekel shehu notel vechad l'davar Torah. So the Gemara seems to say here that. When the line in our Mishnah says that you're notel sela and you're sho, your shokel uh, a shekel, when you go to the money changer and give in a full shekel and get back half shekel, you're obligated to give three according to uh, you're obligated to give two according to everybody. And uh, the Reb Meir that we know of would say three. The Tanakama would say two. Everyone would agree that there's a minimum of two that would be given in such a case. You're, you're expected to show up with exactly half a shekel. The value, the, val the value of you can give more, and I mean you can give more in this way. You can't like give anything you want. Right. right, you can't right. walk in and write a check. If you yeah. walk in there and you have only yeah. splash, you, have, you only have a whole check. No, no. You, you, then you get but there were money changers all over the place. That they were like, like were they made a killing. You know, you like right. you go into Eretz Yisrael now. Yeah, you go, you go, you walk around Eretz Yisrael now. Every fifty feet, there's another money changer because they're getting, they're killing you on the race. You know, right. they're they're killing you. So it's the same thing. Right. So when you would give in the shekel, they'd give you back two chazi shekels. But because of this uh, depreciation concern, or according to mayor, even a halachic concern, you have to make up for the losses. And that's right. that is machzitz shekel. It's not like. You know, just write a check. But when you do turn in to actually have check, I'm gonna say, hey, I didn't go to the money changer. You'd have to exchange it. Right. To exchange it. It reminds me of uh, you know what sometimes people do when they give the rav uh, by bdikat thomas by mechira thomas that they'll write they'll write a check to the rav. So I, when I was in smicha, there was a rav in the neighborhood, and he knew like he he could tell from the people that they were they were like it was like kind of like you know politics. They would write big checks and they would expect things in shul to change their way. So what he did is he would take a receipt and he wouldn't write people's names. He'd write 15, 25, $30,000. And he'd write down the numbers, not, no one's names, 1,000, 1,500, 5,000. And he'd post a receipt that he gave it all to charity. <laughs> and it infuriated all of the Balabatim who were trying to hop around and trying to twist his arm. So this is a- uh, like he got the tax deduction. <laughs> well, they all got tax deductions, but 
the point is that they didn't get to manipulate the Shul Rabbi. So uh, somewhat similar here too. You have to make sure you're giving the right amount and you're not uh, giving more than the right amount. Let's learn one more sugya and then we'll stop. This is the sugya of Ha'achin Ve'ashutah Shechayavin Be'kabun of Turmi Meiser Behema. This was the story that we had in our Mishnah story. We had to get the halachic case in our Mishnah of brothers who are also partners. And if they are chayev in the kalbon, as our Mishnah writes, they're also pater mimaiser behema. That remember, uh, we learned that there's an inverse relationship between the chayuv of the kalbon of paying this extra fee, uptur mimaiser behema, while at the same time there will be a ptur um, from the maiser of the behema. Now, when was that true? That was Bishachalko when they split up the inheritance from their father, Rechazer ben Ishtat, when then they made a business out of the deal. They became partners again. If you just take your own Yerusha and you take it and run, so then Pachet, you're Chayev and everything because you're, you're a full owner. But here, things are a little bit different when you're a Shutav, so you're Pachet from Meiser, but you may still be Chayev in the Kalbam. And what about the next case? Shechayavin, we're 10 lines from the bottom. Shechayavin b'Meiser Behema upturn mina Kalbam when do we say that you're obligated in Meiser Behema, but you're putter from the Kalbon? That's when you never split up the father's property. It's as if it's still uh, a din in the bias. He still has a, the same the same initial status. Omar Rev Lazar, same person from before. Behein Shechalko Gedim Keneged Tiyashim Tiyashim Gedim. It's where you split things up. It wasn't like 50-50. Like, you go take those animals and I'll take these animals. That's when we said the halacha above. Aval im chilko gedim keneged gedim. If you are very particular, there's 26 gedim. I'll take 13. You'll take 13. Utiyashim, there's 50 of those. Utiyashim keneged yashim. Who chelko mishorishon. And that's not really considered becoming a partner. That's just taking your Yerushan running. No, you don't have to... No matter how you split it up, it's still possible that you can be shutfim. It's still kilakucho saying upturn mina You still would be putter for meiser. And that, in other words, when are you putter for meiser? When you're a shutup, when you have that business partnership. So then it's it's still as if you have that business partnership, even if you're splitting perfectly down the middle. Like we learned in the Mishnah elsewhere, that once these people are partners, once there's a, a purchase from one person to another, so then it's uh, it's as if they're partners, and then they're potter from Meiser Behema. So starting on Shabbos at the bottom of by Rav Chia, we're going to start to learn more about um, why this relationship is inverse. Why is it that if you pay the Kalbon, you're by definition potter from Meiser Behema, or vice versa, if you're Chayv uh, in Meiser Behema, you'll be potter from the Kalbon. We'll begin on Shabbos, and again, just to review for those who might not have been on when we started, um, uh, we're going to be uh, doing Dav Hey on Shabbos, Dav Vav, on um, on Sunday and of Zion on Monday and then uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday we'll catch up a lot and a half each and I hope you all have a hot kosher v'sameach take care have a beautiful night yeah. you uh, think it was anyway, <laughs> I saw that